head of Nissan and the acting CEO of Renault have been in crisis talks after the arrest of Carlos Ghosn. Japan's Naomi Osaka has won the women's singles title at the Australian Open and claimed the number one ranking in the process. Donald Trump has left Vietnam with nothing resembling a nuclear deal with Kim Jong-un. I fully support Mr Trump's decision not to compromise easily. Hello, welcome to Japan in Focus. I'm Eleni Salters. Coming up, the new imperial name has been unveiled, causing some confusion online for an Australian organisation. We had over 400,000 mentions on Twitter. We were trending number one in Japan on Twitter. So it's um, amazing the amount of interest the coincidence caused. And we look at the cherry blossom hotspots in Japan at the moment. The former chairman of Nissan, Carlos Ghosn, is back in Japanese custody this week. Tokyo prosecutors have arrested the 65-year-old for a fourth time on fresh allegations, and it remains unclear how long he will be detained this time around. Previously, he was in detention for more than three months following his initial arrest in November. He's facing multiple charges, including falsifying financial reports and under-reporting his income. Earlier this week, Ghosn, who was also the CEO of Renault, told the French broadcaster TF1 he had never been above the law, but acknowledged that he pushed things to the limit to improve Nissan and Renault. Je suis un homme innocent. I'm an innocent man. I'm calling on the French government. I'm a French citizen. I'm just asking for my rights as a French citizen to be protected. I have doubts about the way the trial will take place. Tokyo-based reporter Jake Adelstein says the interview may have upset the prosecutors. I think they wanted to shut him up and also intimidate him, which is generally the purpose of arresting someone in Japan. There was no need for doing it. And as ex-prosecutor Gohara Nobuo says, you can't help but think that there was a actually different motive for arresting him other than investigating the case. What are the new allegations exactly? Well, you know, according to the prosecutors, Gohan allocated money to a car dealership or entity in Oman, and the money went back to Goan, causing Nissan to suffer $5 million in losses. However, since none of us have that evidence, it's very hard to assess whether those charges are accurate. And has this uh, company been named? Uh, it's not named in the Japanese court documents, and right. therefore I'm probably not going to say the name of the company either. And these allegations are completely separate to everything that's emerged until now? You know, these allegations were discussed and have been mentioned in the press for quite some time now. They are not related to the other charges against him. So, yes, and you could say they're new allegations, but they're along the same line of uh, going misuse company funds for his personal interest. But why are charges only being laid now in relation to this? Because the prosecution, they want to apply more pressure on him and his defense team to make some kind of concession. I don't think they want to take all of this to trial. They would argue, I suppose, that uh, it's taken a long time to, to get enough evidence to put this case together. Though, you know, early on in this investigation, this individual in Oman who's allegedly involved in this, the prosecution didn't even speak to him and still prosecuted going on charges without talking to one of the main witnesses in the case. Maybe they finally reached him. In fact, on April the 3rd, he tweeted, I'm getting ready to tell the truth about what's happening. Press conference on Thursday, April the 11th. Surely prosecutors weren't exactly happy about this tweet. Oh, yeah, he upset prosecutors. I I believe what Gohan is going to discuss is the names of the people at Nissan. He believes who have conspired with the prosecutors to 
put him away and the reasons that he believes they did this. What I think is pivotal is that on April the 3rd, Ghosn's lawyer, Mr. Hironaka, had a press conference in which he explained why Ghosn would not be able to receive a fair trial if there was not a separation between Ghosn and Nissan itself in the trial. Because they're um, co-defenders in this case. Yes, except that Gon is defending himself and Nissan is collaborating with the prosecutors to put Gon in jail. So how can that possibly work to his advantage? Um, if they're co-defendants and the, and the Nissan side says yes to prosecutors' evidence, um, it will probably be admitted by the court. Where if Gon himself is the one on trial, he would object to the prosecutor's statement, which will require people to be brought into the courtroom and interrogated. What Hironaka says is completely sensible and reasonable if you actually want to have a fair trial. With this arrest, he's yet again back in custody. What does this do to his defence case and his accessibility to critical information and, and, of course, contact with his lawyer? Well, as many have said, including his lawyer, the police came and they took uh, his wife's cell phone and her passport, um, implying that she's now a suspect. He can't meet with his lawyer at leisure. He's back in police custody and all his communications are censored by the authorities. So as a former prosecutor says, they have crippled the defense and made it almost impossible for them to build a defense when the trial opens, which is also probably part of the objective. I mean, it's not about justice. It's about winning. And the prosecutors in Japan hate to lose. Each development in his legal saga is being closely watched by the French government, a key Renault shareholder. You went to France recently. How are they perceiving his case? Well, I, I went to France and I, I had a very on-background meeting with someone at Renault. I would say that the general public is not sympathetic to Carlos Cohn. Right now they're having the Yellow Jacket protest in which uh, the public is very upset about wage inequality and the economy and at a time like this, a multimillionaire CEO in trouble for overstepping his power doesn't really strike a chord of empathy with the general public. But what about the French government, staunch defenders or cautious observers considering their stake in this case? The French government wants to stay out of this. They're not going to risk their political collateral and possible, more importantly, making sure that Renault keeps running the show by defending Carlos Stone. I wouldn't say they're going to throw him on the fire, but they're not going out of their way to make sure that life is easy for him. Tokyo-based investigative reporter Jake Adelstein, and you're listening to Japan in Focus on ABC News Radio. It's official now. The next Imperial-era name will be Reiwa. The new era will begin on May the 1st, a day after 85-year-old Emperor Akihito abdicates and hands over the throne to his eldest son, Crown Prince Naruhito. Dr Donna Weeks is a political science professor at Musashino University. She says the name chosen by the government surprised many in Japan. Everybody obviously waited with great anticipation for the announcement, which was 10 minutes late usual for Japan. It comes from Manyoshu, which is the oldest recorded book of poetry in Japan. And so often the characters are selected from a couple of lines of poetry. And previously, they've been chosen from Chinese collected poems. And so this is the first time it's been chosen from Japan. And so it's very important, I suppose, for the meaning of the two characters that they're taken from the meaning of that poetry. If you look at the two characters in isolation, the wa, the second one, means peace, which everyone, or peace or harmony, which people are quite happy with. The lei, however, the first character, also implies a sense of command if it's taken out of this particular context. So it's the part of the word for command or to demand someone do something. So the official explanation is 
coming from Manuel Shu, it uh, it's in a section of the poetry which suggests that this will be something for people to come together, think about things that are within their heart, their spirit, and persevere and altogether create a new idea, a new place. Coming out of winter and into spring, I think, is also one of the uh, explanations of the particular lines in the poetry. So it's got that sense of bringing everyone together. Some people on social media have honed in on the command element of the kanji and suggested it's a throwback to Imperial Japan. But how have people responded to this generally, this new name? The they part, the the first character, will be the part that takes a bit of getting used to. To me, it wasn't as inspiring as Heisei, which I, putting my age on the table, I happened to be here studying as a postgraduate back in 1989 when uh, when Heisei was announced. So it's a very different set of circumstances. Looking at the TV and reports today, it looks like about a, a 60-40 split. That 60% of people seem to be you know, quite happy with it and can work with it. And you get, you know, people, as you suggest, who are looking at it with a much more critical lens and and saying that it does have, you know, quite strong and probably suits, you know, it's it's probably suits Abe's sort of nationalistic tendencies in in some way with that sense of command. The, The wa also can mean a purity of Japanese spirit as well. And the fact that it came from the Japanese poetry rather than the Chinese poetry has also been interpreted as Abe, you know, putting his stamp on it, wanting to be a much more Japanese sense of the word. As you mentioned, it's from this 8th century work, but Mm. is it an apt name for the times? I guess the time, it, it becomes the name of the times, if you know what I mean. So I think with Heisei, back in 1989, when when that was announced, I think there was a great sense of relief that the Showa period was over, given that it, you know, had the longest period of Japanese imperialism and uh, and World War Two, and, you know, the, in the second half of the Showa period, post-war period, as we would refer to it, I guess Japan had, uh, you know, its industrialisation and massive economic growth and, and so forth. But people were kind of pleased that Showa had ended and... Again, we started Heisei with this sense of, well, this will be a new beginning for Japan and, and uh, under the new emperor. And But I guess what turned out, and as we're reflecting on Heisei coming to an end in the next uh, month, there was so many, of course, disasters, you know, um, going back to the earthquake in Kobe in 95, through to obviously Fukushima and, uh, and Tohoku. People saying, well, you know, it was, a again, a period without war for Japan. So I guess it's people start, if, if the Heisei example is anything to go by, people start with a lot of optimism about what this will mean. It is kind of like saying, oh, we now have a fresh start. Dr Donna Weeks, a political science professor at Musashino University in Tokyo there. When the new name was announced on April the 1st, one organisation in Australia suddenly became an online hit. The Real Estate Institute of Western Australia initially thought it was a joke, as the Institute's CEO, Neville Pozzi, explains. Well, it was at 10 o'clock. We just had a, a staff meeting and uh, one of the staff said, there's something happening on Reba.com. And our first reaction was, oh, it's April Fool's Day. That on further checking um, the website and the government websites in Japan, we realised it wasn't. And as a result, our traffic was 70% coming from Japan. And we had over 400,000 mentions on Twitter. And we were trending number one in Japan on Twitter. Yeah, so it's um, amazing the amount of interest uh, the coincidence caused. 
You did not initially think that there was suddenly a spike in Japanese interest in uh, West Australian real estate, did you? Well, that was our hope. But uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So hopefully um, one of the beneficiaries, hopefully, will be real estate agents and the real estate fraternity in Western Australia uh, as a result of this interest. But that's our hope. Do you know the meaning of the name? Yes. um, I think one of them is uh, Fortune and Harmony, I think. That's right, and commanding peace. Now, is that yeah. is that a, a kind of a standard for real estate agents, commanding peace with uh, tenants? Oh, oh, I suppose that would be, yeah. And I suppose it more fits in with the Institute's values, I think, which is community, leadership, integrity. But um, we're hoping that part of the fortune might rub off onto our members because it's been very difficult here for the last five years, a very difficult market. So, might you be celebrating too when the new emperor steps into the role and uh, oh, the official era begins? I, I suspect that we might have another bounce on the 1st of May. might be even greater as uh, the Japanese people go on to websites seeking out through Google Rewa and uh, we might be the beneficiaries. Real Estate Institute of Western Australia's CEO Neville Pozzi there. And this is Japan in Focus on ABC News Radio. The cherry blossom season is well and truly underway in Japan. It's also the season when the locals watch weather forecasts with great anticipation as they venture outdoors for their annual hanami or flower viewing fix. Tokyo-based meteorologist Jonathan O says while the peak season is almost over in Tokyo, there are still some hot spots in the country's south. Well, we are definitely seeing many locations getting close from peak to past peak when it comes to full bloom. Anywhere from the western areas such as the Kyushu region into places like Osaka and even into places like Tokyo and the Kanto Koshin region, we're getting uh, past that point where we're going to start seeing some of those petals flying through the air as we start to wrap up the time period for the cherry blossoms. It looks like that, though, uh, that's not uniformly the case because if you go to like Osaka this weekend, perfect. The weather's going to be quite warm. It's going to be just the best time to see it, at least for this particular weekend. For the northern half of Japan, we're still dealing even with winter weather. Over the past few days, we saw some snowfall. So uh, we're not quite ready for cherry blossoms yet. We'll have to wait till around mid to late April, where we'll see places like the Hokuriku and the Toku region seeing the cherry blossoms starting to unfold. And then up into Hokkaido, we'll have to wait until around May before we see the flowers starting to pop up. As the locals know very well, beauty is fleeting, especially with cherry blossoms, and there are now phone apps to help uh, tourists find the hot spots, so to speak. Have, have you seen any spikes in certain areas uh, where to best see cherry blossoms and have a, a picnic, a hanami? Well, of course, for those in Tokyo, the big spot always seems to be at the Shinjuku Gyoen Park or the Yoyogi Koen Park in Shibuya. But it's interesting because recently it seems like that tourists are also looking for spots that incorporate experiences that may not be just the picnic itself. For example, into the Kita Ward in the northern areas of Tokyo, a lot of tourists have been going to that particular location. More of the locals may not be visiting that area nearly as much, but some of the reasons include the fact that there are local shops, not the chain shops, but they can come right out of the station, see the beautiful cherry blossoms, and then walk down streets that 
give them more of that traditional Japanese kind of aura as opposed to going to just a big park where everyone else is gathered together. So it looks like that the tourists are starting to find even these type of what we would say maybe more remote or local spots in order to be able to check out the cherry blossoms and have a slightly different experience than the annual go-to-the-big-park type of experience. Tokyo-based meteorologist Jonathan O there. And that's all for Japan in Focus for the next couple of weeks. Ja matane. See you next time.